This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Quote, Remember your math. An anecdote is not a trend. Remember your history. The fact that something is bad today doesn't mean it was better in the past. Remember your philosophy. One cannot reason that there's no such thing as reason, or that something is true or good because God said it is. And remember your psychology. Much of what we know isn't so, especially when our comrades know it too. Keep some perspective. Not every problem is a crisis, plague, epidemic, or existential threat. And not every change is the end of this, the death of that, or the dawn of a post-something era. Don't confuse pessimism with profundity. Problems are inevitable, but problems are solvable. And diagnosing every setback as a symptom of a sick society is a cheap grab for gravitas. Finally, drop the Nietzsche. His ideas may seem edgy, authentic, bad, while humanism seems sappy, unhip, uncool. But what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? End quote. And that's the author, psychologist, and professor Stephen Pinker. Stephen Pinker was born in September of 1954 in Montreal, Canada. He earned a bachelor's degree in experimental psychology from McGill University, and then went on to study and earn a PhD in experimental psychology from Harvard. Since then, he's also been awarded nine honorary doctorates and is currently the Johnstone Family Professor of Psychology at Harvard. He's the author of eight books, the ninth to be released any, any minute now in 2021. And today's quote comes from the book Enlightenment Now, The Case for Reason, Science, Humanism, and Progress. And this quote comes from the very end of the book, and is in a lot of ways a summary of its contents. And Steven Pinker provides in this book an exhaustive analysis of Enlightenment thinking and its knock-on effects. And it's really, really well-researched. Please don't misunderstand the word exhaustive to mean exhausting. It just means that it is very well-researched. He backs up his claims quite well. And that's not surprising that it's a particularly well-researched book, considering, for example, that the man has a 39-page resume. Now, of course, that's there for all to see and probably not what you provide when you apply for a new job, but 39 pages, and that's published works, books, articles, chapters in books, professional papers, etc., etc. And for those that are not familiar, go do a brief very brief history lesson on the Enlightenment. There's entire courses devoted to this particular topic. But the Enlightenment began sometime in the mid to late 17th century, depending on who you ask, between the days of Rene Descartes and Isaac Newton, to give you some context. Some say it was a little bit later, but we'll use that as a starting point, and continued until around 1815. So we're talking 17th century to 19th century. And its proponents argued against things that it had previously ruled the day, things like an absolute monarchy or religious absolutism. Meaning what? Meaning you either 
devoted your entire life to the church and to your king, or you were cast out, or worse, as a result. Well, Enlightenment said, enough of that nonsense. The king is not all-powerful. Religion is not the end-all, be-all. There are other perspectives on the world. In fact, instead, it focused on the sovereignty of reason, and of liberty, and humanism, and separation of church and state, and the evidence of the senses. And if a lot of those terms sound familiar to you, that's because if you look at the timeline, the United States was founded during this period, which is why so much of it probably resonates with you today. And Pinker argues that this explains the overall positive trajectory of human life for the last few hundred years. And what does that mean? Well, if you look at the, if you read the book and look at the evidence that he presents, nearly every attribute of human life that we would consider positive has been on the rise. Things like income, life expectancy, relative happiness, education level, etc. While things like infant mortality, murder rates, authoritarian countries, slavery, and interstate war are on the decline. So all of the things that we would, we would consider negative attributes of life. And so with those arguments, Pinker brings to the table an argument that says, or a supposition that says, life is better now than it has been at almost every point throughout the last 200 years. The overall trajectory of life as we know it is good. For nearly everyone, nearly everywhere on the globe. And speaking more broadly, his argument is against falling prey to gory headlines and demonization and tribalism and fatalism and all the things that seem to be represented in a lot of the ways in which we consume information today. As I mentioned before, life is better in nearly every quantifiable way for nearly every person on the planet now, today, in 2021, than it was 100 years ago or 150 years ago. And I already mentioned some, but things like IQ levels are higher. Affluence is up. Unwanted pregnancy is down. Female education is up. There are so many attributes that are easily quantified and researched to show that, taken on the macro level, life is better now than it was 100, 150, 200 years ago. So I'm going to read the quote one more time for you, now that you understand a little bit more of the context, and think about what it is that Pinker is saying here. Imagine an entire book that precedes this quote, culminating more or less, in this quote here. He says, quote, Remember your math. An anecdote is not a trend. Remember your history. The fact that something is bad today doesn't mean it was better in the past. Remember your philosophy. One cannot reason that there's no such thing as reason, or that something is true or good because God said it is. And remember your psychology. Much of what we know isn't so, especially when our comrades know it too. Keep some perspective. Not every problem is a crisis, plague, epidemic, or existential threat. And not every change is the end of this, the death of that, or the dawn of a post-something era. Don't confuse pessimism with profundity. Problems are inevitable, but problems are solvable. And diagnosing every setback as a symptom of a sick society is a cheap grab for gravitas. Finally, drop the Nietzsche. His ideas may seem edgy, authentic, bad while humanism seems sappy, unhip, 
uncool. But what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? End quote. And the first line, right out of the gate, just drops a bomb. Boom. Anecdote is not a trend. Now think about that. An anecdote is a story told by somebody about a specific instance somewhere. It's one data point, at best. And that's assuming it's true and accurate and interpreted appropriately. Single data point. A single data point does not make a trend. It can't. Statistically speaking, for those of you that study math and have studied statistics, you know that a single data point is essentially a useless marker on a graph. You can't even draw a line with a single data point. You can't say whether things are trending up or down. So don't mistake a trend for something that is merely an anecdote. You need more information than just one single point. The next line, the fact that something is bad today doesn't mean it was better in the past. This is a common fallacy, and you see this all the time when it comes to things that are changing in ways that we may not like. We assume that life must have been better in the past, that before this change came to be, life was better. Show me. Prove it. And you can't just prove in a vacuum the one-point counterpoint. Meaning, you can't just take, in 1995, my life was better before this change was made. There's a lot of things that were going on back then. And we've talked about this in the past. We've talked about how trying to pinpoint a time where life was better leads you to a group of people at that point in time who wished that life was the way it was even earlier. And when you go back and talk to those people and read what they wrote, you hear that they also thought that life was better before that. And so there's this trend, and eventually you get back to the point where you go, I can't go back any further. There's no more recorded history. Everybody always thought things were better before change happened. And people longed for bygone eras where life was simple, life was easy, life was predictable. Well, if you, it turns out if you actually go back and you listen to what people said and wrote at those times, they also longed for something that had already passed away into history. And I almost feel like and I wonder if you feel this as well, that something like this, despite the fact that the book came out years ago, was almost purpose-written for today. Maybe that's just a product of the fact of where we are as a society, but... Again, broadly speaking, Pinker warns against blindly holding a belief because either God or a group saying so is the only reason. That's a very Enlightenment-like idea. Because again, we're talking about anti-monarchy, anti-religious absolutism at the time that Enlightenment was a thing. So Enlightenment today holds a lot of the same things. Don't take the word of any single organization just because it is governmental or religious in foundation. That does not necessarily lend it any more credibility. And I think the next part of really the second half of this quote is my absolute favorite when he says keep some perspective not every problem is a crisis plague epidemic or existential threat and not every change is the end of this the death of that or the dawn of a post something era don't confuse pessimism with profundity problems are inevitable but problems are solvable and diagnosing every setback as a symptom of a sick society is a cheap grab for gravitas and I think you can see where I might be going with this and some of the thoughts that I may have on this. 
But think about the way that you consume your information. Think about where you get your headlines. If your browser on your computer is set to a specific page that when you open it up, large black and white letters guide you to the latest inflammation du jour, the latest, I can't believe that this would be the case. Oh my gosh, I have to read that. Remember, gory headlines, demonization, tribalism, fatalism, those may as well be the calling cards of 95% or more of the headlines of articles that we consume on a daily basis. And that can be live news, that can be YouTube videos, that can be headlines on your favorite website, it can be Twitter recommendations or whatever. Be cautious of those things. Understand that somebody is trying to shape your perspective. Somebody is trying to guide you to a conclusion. They are trying to get you to click on that. That an editor, when they choose the headline for a story that is deliberately dangling so that all you feel you have to do is click to get exactly what you need to know, understand you're being manipulated. And that's fine. I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing as long as you recognize it for what it is. But also recognize that there have been plenty of times throughout history where one group or another has been upset about a certain thing. Now, some of those things are absolutely worth having been upset about. But there is almost no change that you can find in the last hundred years of recorded history where somebody, or rather a better way to put it, where everybody was in agreement that it was a good idea. But at the same time, as Pinker says, it's not the end of this, right, or the death of that, or the dawn of the post-something era, the dawn of the post-familial era, you know, dawn of the post-marriage era. It is not the end of a generation and all and on and on and on. Very few things rise to that level. Most things, especially when they result in the forward progress of society as a whole, are not easily reduced to the end of the world. Think back to things that our parents were probably upset about 20, 30, 40 years ago when we were young. And you can see that the world has not come apart at the seams. The world has not ended. The global order has not disintegrated before our very eyes. Some decisions are just going to be unpopular to one portion of society or another, and that's okay. And I love the line, don't confuse pessimism for profundity. It is easy to throw stones. It is easy to be skeptical. It is easy to take a negative stance towards things. I mean, that needs to be on a t-shirt or a bumper sticker or something. Don't confuse pessimism for profundity. It is not a profound thought to level criticism. Criticism is easy. There are countless quotes to that effect. We've talked a little bit about criticism in the past. It's easy. What's difficult is presenting alternative, viable solutions. And as usual, Pinker's quote here is a caution. It's also a call to action. And we here at the podcast, we love these things. So regardless of whether you agree or disagree, this is absolutely one of my favorite quotes. And Pinker's book is not above reproach. There are criticisms of his writing and criticisms of his perspective. But regardless of whether you agree or disagree with the why, it's hard to argue that life isn't actually better on the macro scale over long periods of time than it was. Certainly today, the average person is more affluent, 
more free, will live longer and experience a higher quality of life in the process than they would have 100, 150 years ago. And that is true almost everywhere on the planet. Now, of course, the globe, the world, every country is not perfect. There is room to improve. But it's still better. And again, remember, an anecdote is not a trend. While a graph may dip occasionally, there may be a minor step back. There may be a minor change in the negative direction. But on the aggregate, over a large time scale, nearly all of those graphs trend upward for the positive traits and trend downward for the negative traits. So keep that in mind as you approach the world, as you depart this podcast today and move on to the next thing. Keep that in mind that overall, all of our lives are better, safer, will last longer, and be more enjoyable on average than they were many, many years ago. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback. And thanks as always for listening.